When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Hermes Conrad, Bureaucrat Level Grade 36, and you are listening to the Candair Podcast. No, stop it and get back to work. Welcome to another episode of Canned Air, your tribute to comics and pop culture. I am Jeremy Colley. I'm Jack Doherty. And I'm Randy Hardenbrook. And returning to the show this week to talk about his Kickstarter running until November 19th for Grim Space Number 1, which is a sci-fi reimagining of classic fairy tales. And after taking a look at it, it is a damn good idea. The name I makes mean, total sense now. I didn't put just it together. Now, is it just, just now, now clicking with you? Yep. <laughs> we welcome comic creator Frank Martin to the show. Frank, thanks for being back with us, man. Thank you for having me back. This is always a, a fun time, a fun chat. Yeah, we always have fun when you come mm-hmm. on, hence why you're back. Yeah. If, if we didn't have a good time the first few times, you wouldn't be here now. Uh, we've got a good show for you people today in our retro roundtable. We're going to be talking about uh, just any kind of tale that comes from space, whether it be from video games, movies, television, comics, whatever it be, with the caveat, no Star Wars. <laughs> we can't mention Star Wars, so that'll make that... Because everyone's mind goes there immediately, right? Mm-hmm. And Lord, I would have done my best not to bring up Star Wars, though. Because that's, see, that's another whole... reason I did it too, is because this group of people is so prone to when they see a quick lead into Star Wars. It's like me with the Ninja Turtles. If I see a quick lead into it, I'm going to take it. Mm-hmm. I'm going to run in there and talk about it. So <laughs> this will keep us from doing such things. Hopefully, we'll I see. Turtles. I'm not. There is definitely enough space fantasy space fun sci-fi stuff out there. You can have a whole conversation without mentioning Star Wars. It should be pretty easy. Or Star yeah. Trek, for that matter. After putting yeah. some thought into it, yeah, it, it, it came around. But at first, I was like, oh my god, what have I just done? <laughs> <laughs> but uh, So that's what we're going to be doing in the Retro Roundtable. And then after that, we're going to be turning our attention over to Frank to talk more about Grim Space. But before we do any of that, you can find us on Twitter at CandairPod and on Instagram at Canned underscore Air. And if you want to show some support, head to our website, CandairPodcast.com, where you can show support one of two ways. There's a merch button on there. You can get stickers, T-shirts, tote bags, mugs, all kinds of stuff with our logo on it. And then our Patreon page at Patreon.com forward slash CandairPod. $5 a month gets you access to the Candair Patreon pod. Where we just kind of uh, kind of behind the scenes again. We mm-hmm. just kind of unwind and have free, casual conversations. It's become one of my favorite things to do with this show. And then the uh, $10 tier not only gets you that, but other projects like episodes of the Comic Vaults, the Candare Classics, the Candare Radio Theater, all kinds of stuff on there. So check that out at, again, candarepodcast.com. Gentlemen, what am I forgetting? Let me loosely name it Canned. Candid air. Loosely. <laughs> yeah, it didn't make the cover, but yeah. <laughs> I like the name, though. 
Well, hey, uh, your boys are on the Evergreen Podcast Network, so go to evergreenpodcast.com. Check us out. Check all the other great shows out, and uh, yeah, give us some love. And you know, I, I said one of two ways to support us. There is another way you can support us if you don't have financial means to do so. Go to iTunes or your podcast player of choice and review us. Leave us go. a review. That helps so much more than you folks might realize. So yeah, if you can do that for us, we'd be very appreciative. So let's kick it off with this week's Retro Roundtable. And away we go! <laughs> Oh, you're back. <laughs> Shut up! All right. Shut up! Tales in space from throughout pop culture. Let's kick us off. How about Randy? All right. So, gentlemen, I would like to talk to you about a space adventure starring Mark Hamill that is not Star Wars. <laughs> I'm talking about Wing Commander. So. Uh, oh wow. Okay. I've never actually played Wing Commander, but I've seen it uh, talked about on YouTube quite a bit. Yeah, I, I, I felt Jeremy like tensing up, like I'm gonna smack that motherfucker if he says Star Wars. I'm gonna do it. No, I knew where you were going. I think. Like at first, I was like, oh crap. I thought he, I thought you were just trying to make some kind of a joke, but then I, I realized where you were going. Did he did he did voice in that game? It was it was actually kind of like a Dragon's Lair, but it was like it was like a 3DO game. I feel like, but it was like actual movie shot, like footage. Okay. Then you kind of yeah. like took control and like where the movie went you know like how I mean? sewer shark was you had to move a direction at a certain time to catch the next i don't scene. know what sewer shark is. that was sega cd <clears throat> I, no, remember, it... I remember that that was that was classic stuff yeah <laughs> wing commander was pretty much just a, a point and shoot uh space game with cinematic cutscenes essentially and then they ended up making it into a movie but uh, mark hamill was the lead character and then you had uh tom the wilson who played in the game uh, well, both. Oh, oh he was he really? I didn't know there. I didn't... He was. They, I remember when I was a kid, they had a Wing Commander, but that might have been like a remake. That was with uh, Matthew Lillard, I think, was in Matt it. Lillard, that's the yeah. one I'm thinking of. Yeah. Yeah, they did do a remake, and uh, Freddie Prince Jr. was the starring character, I think, in that one. What? But uh, I didn't the original that. had uh, Tom Wilson, also who was uh, Biff from uh, Back to the Future, and then the amazing Malcolm McDowell. In there as well so uh i mean it's a standard space story where it's humanity against a, uh, an alien race and it's just a lot of fun the games were fun the movie was fun i know never the games seen were it. always supposed to be really good there was a big following for him the end <laughs> <laughs> no i i've never uh never played him i again just seen him reference but uh it was like that real grainy kind of video that you would get from like a windows 95 ca yeah. rom kind yeah. of a look you know what yeah. i mean but uh damn i all this got under my radar i never knew that they actually made it to a movie and then like it got rebooted with <laughs> Freddie Prince Jr. and Matthew Lillard. What? <laughs> That's the only movie I <laughs> ever knew this about. Reality? That was the only one. Yeah. Wow. I'm gonna. Weren't have to the look aliens kind of like lionish looking? Yeah, they were like yes. feline. Yeah, yeah, lions. I don't even remember the movie that much. It didn't. It didn't stick with me. It was kind of weird. Lillard probably doesn't either. <laughs> Sorry, <laughs> tries to forget it. <laughs> wow. All right. Well, uh, Frank, would you like to go next? Sure. Uh, I mean, when I think of fun space adventures, I think of Farscape. Oh, God, yes. I've never seen it. I love that show. It was so good. I picked, so I picked it up 
net on Netflix. I don't know, maybe like a year or two ago, and they they pulled the rug out from under me because they they yanked the show from Netflix. So I was like, I finished the season, and then they give you that kind of warning that says it's going to be gone in like a month or mm-hmm. like a, like next week. And I'm like, I can't start a whole another season. So I kind of just ended at season two, and I'm gonna actually I'm gonna do two because I this this story segues into another show. But anyway, and then I found it when during lockdown here in New York uh, last year, I found that it was on Amazon Prime. So I got to I got to finish the entire series, and it it's it's a lot of fun. You know, it's just good character drama, good sci-fi. It doesn't take itself too seriously, but it takes itself serious enough. It's at parts, so I feel like it checks all the all the right boxes, and I was surprised by how good it was, given um, kind of the time period that it came out in, because they did a lot with the effects that they had. I think Jim Henson had a lot to do with it too, or the he creature did. shop did. So that that's a big part of it. Yeah, with all the His, Muppets the, and stuff. My, my favorite character in the show is, is Pilot. You know, the the alien that, yes. that pilots the ship, and he's completely a, a puppet. So mm-hmm. it was, no, they sure. did a phenomenal job. And yeah, he's they huge did too. You never really notice until you see them next to him sometimes, which isn't very often. But he's a huge puppet. Yeah, he's ginormous because he he he's kind of latched into the ship. He's yep. he's bonded with it, so he doesn't get up and start walking around. He only has this one area that he communicates through comms. And then every once in a while, a character will go to him and talk to him, and you realize, holy crap, this guy is huge. Yeah, because you think he's just like a little small guy, but no, he's he's pretty. He's he's pretty big. I've got to see yeah. this. I, I have no um idea. It, so what what was the premise of Farscape then? Is like so the premise of Farscape is that a um a pop, an astronaut on Earth goes into space and gets sucked into a wormhole and shot out on the other side of the galaxy. There he gets spat into this middle this political galactic war where there's empire that's kind of like going after all these planets. And he's this kind of rogue rebel that kind of gets thrown into the mix. And he, he gets stuck on a ship with a bunch of, I wouldn't call them refugees. What are they? They're, they're like kind outlaws. of misfits too, pretty much. Yeah, they're it? guys that, that are running from from the Empire, running from the, the big bad guys that are after them. And then they go on adventures. And it's, it's kind of like a Monster of the Week show in that every episode is like its own standalone story. But it still has a complete running narrative throughout the entire thing that they wrapped up in like a short movie mini mini series at the end. So it's, it was very, it was, I think it's four seasons or something, but it's still very good. It it was on sci-fi and they had straight up canceled the show. They weren't going to make another season. And that was, I want to say it was one of the first times that the fans actually got their way because they made a huge stink and uproar about it. And they brought it back for that, I think the last season. And then they finished it off with a movie or something like that, I think. Yeah. Well, they ended it on like such a huge cliffhanger. Yeah. So I could see why everybody was so <laughs> Yeah, it was a huge cliffhanger. Was it like but, a mid-season thing where they just didn't get renewed? So like there were big questions just unanswered? It or was, like It was a season finale. It yeah. was definitely, it was a season finale, but it was a huge cliffhanger that was like, you can't end the show like that. It was just too ridiculous. But mm-hmm. um, another show, so that got pulled off Netflix and they gave me the whole, you have one week left to finish up two and a half seasons of this show. <laughs> long seasons too (laughs) yeah and uh, one show that that was before they they used to not do that not give you the warning 
And another show that I was in the middle of watching that they yanked it off of Netflix was was the, the new Battlestar Galactica. And I was I was like I was watching one day and then I go okay let me go back to uh, Netflix and watch the next episode and it just wasn't there anymore. <laughs> I was so oh, super. Sons of I was, bitches. Yeah, and that but that was another one that I I discovered on uh, on Prime during lockdown. That one I had like six episodes left, so I was like I'm so close to the end. How are you going <laughs> to just pull the rug out from under me? But that was another that was another cool fun show. I I would say it's a. It's a better made show than Farscape, but it's not as fun, if yep. that makes any sense. That makes perfect sense, yeah. They're seeing both of them, but they were both good. It sounds like it would be interesting. It sounds like something I could get into. I want to see this puppet more than anything now. <laughs> Farscape was cool because it was kind of like John Crichton, the, oh, the I, human I, I, that I, goes I, over. I, I realize he was talking about Battlestar Galactica. Sorry, I, I drifted back over to Farscape. <laughs> My bad. <laughs> no, Farscape's a feel... great show. It takes a little bit to get going. Like, you got to trudge through the first couple episodes because I heard that the network had a lot of say in what they wanted the show to be. And then at some point during the first season, they just let the, the creators run with the storylines that they wanted to tell. And it got it much, much better. Hmm. It's just a great character drama in a sci-fi setting. And it's it's a lot of fun. Being big into pop culture, too, you relate a lot with uh, the human John Crichton because he, he says stuff all the time that you're just... That, any human what? would probably find it funny, but you're around a bunch of aliens and they have no idea what the hell he's talking about. Are we back about, on so. Farscape or yeah. is this okay? This is yeah. yeah. So far, the human from Earth, the astronaut, he's a super pop culture nerd, and and he's stuck in this crew of aliens. So he constantly says pop culture jokes, and in the first, I would say, season, maybe halfway through, the entire time they're just like, I don't know what you're talking about. I don't know who that is, and they reach a point where they're just sick and tired of saying that. So he just just go with it. Makes. He just makes a bunch of jokes, and they just completely ignore him. It's pretty. It's pretty funny. Sounds like when, uh, like, uh, Star Lord and like the MCU brings up like Dirty Dancing is like one of the best movies of all yeah. time. <laughs> oh, dude, it never was. What? Well, I, I've seen a whole bunch of memes that compare Farscape to Guardians of the Galaxy because the crews do match up a little bit. Yeah. You know, if you if you wanna if you wanna break down the the various characters on who who's. They they definitely have the archetypes going for on the on the team. I kind of want to look this up now. Damn it, that's a good show. <laughs> is, is, it's not on Netflix anymore. Is that what I'm to understand? I think it's on. Um, I think it's on Amazon Prime still. Oh, okay. Well, that works too. <laughs> Perfect. All right. Well, Jack, what do you got? Mine is a season long show that everyone still wants to come back, and I'm sure you guys probably might know what it is. The movie was called Serenity. What's the name of the show? Firefly. Firefly. Yeah. Good God. I've never watched the whole season, the whole, well, because it was a season, but the whole show. But I've caught a, a lot of episodes of it, and I can see why it was a really good show. Why everyone liked it so much. I know nothing about Firefly. It's, it's only like it's only like twelve episodes. Yeah. Or something. Yeah, it's just one of those short season episodes. But it's a, it's essentially it's a space western. Really? Yeah. Everyone, yeah. they all carry like sidearms, pistols, and stuff, and wear dusters and cowboy hats. And hmm. that was another one that um, fans made a big stink about it being canceled, and they yep. came back and they made the movie. I actually saw the movie before I saw the show. The same here. I, really I had like no idea that it, they went together, and then until I saw some of the characters, I was like, "Oh, oh, okay." Same yeah, characters and- between the movie and the show. Yep. It's a continuation. It's the same thing. It kind of it wraps up the, the show, all the loose 
plot threads and all that stuff. You guys bring it up quite a bit, and there must be something to it. <laughs> Unless it's just because well, of what's-his-name that's in it, the the star. Who is it? Oh, uh, Pirate Steve. Pi- no. no, that's Wash. That's the pilot. Uh, Nathan Fillion. Yeah, oh. there you go. But it's a Joss Whedon show, so we're not allowed to talk about it anymore because he's canceled. Yeah. <laughs> what? Joss Whedon got canceled? Yeah, apparently he's an asshole. Well, I mean, come on. Any of these people in these businesses, even if we like what they've done, yeah, got to be assholes. I mean, <laughs> there's one thing we've learned in doing this show in eight years. Some of these people are assholes. <laughs> <laughs> They're not who you thought they were. Nope. Plug really for a chromatic episode on Patreon. <laughs> yeah, right. <laughs> wow, I didn't they realize... do that a lot with. I don't know what it is. They do that a lot with space shows where they cancel them and they never make the, Oh, they make all the fans pissed off because they never resolve any of the issues that they start. They did it with uh, the sci-fi show that I love, Dark Matter. That was on Netflix too, and they just they had like two or three seasons, and then <laughs> they gave them the axe. That was a that rough show. I couldn't start. get into that one. That Android it, drove me nuts. <laughs> I really, I really like that show. I dug that show. I think, I think Dark Matter had a little bit of influence on my, on my book too. <laughs> Sorry, I'm looking up Joss Whedon. <laughs> <laughs> I had they not... say he was, they, he was jerk on the Buffy sets, and he was a jerk on the Justice League set. He just, I don't know, he's, he's got yeah, a little, he's got a little big now. head on him. Usually, that's how directors. Yeah, I was going to say, I mean, I mean, these people get to where they're getting not by, you know, lightly patting people on the head and being like, well, you know, accommodating right, everyone. Go over here and say these couple of words. Typically, these people are where they are because they're an asshole, right? Yeah. Right? I mean, it's kind well, of it's the like attitude that gets you where you need to be. That football player I mean, they, touched my butt on they, the field. That's what you do. Actors, they, they, praised, um, they praised Zack Snyder for being a nice guy. So. Yeah. But he might just be really good at pretending to be a nice guy. Yeah, that's true, too. Maybe it's condescending to the point of being nice. He so. could be a closet <laughs> asshole. <laughs> he, he smiles at you, and then he goes to his wife and says, eh, that fucking Gal Gadot. Yep. <laughs> he just smacks the shit out of his wife, takes it all out on her. Uh, I don't know. I, I mean, did Joss Whedon write The Astonishing X-Men? He did. Yeah, okay. Like, well, you know, I don't want to be too hard on him because that was a damn good story. <laughs> I was that was a good one too. I liked that one. The first mm-hmm. couple issues were great. Yeah, it was it was it was fun. But um damn, I hadn't heard that. I'm going to re- research that some more. But I mean, it stands to reason that he would be a dickhead, right? Yeah. Yeah. Hollywood. I mean, I mean, the land of the land the land of dickheads. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Uh Your turn. Man. I'm going to have to pick uh, Futurama. Hey, that's on Earth. Uh, You're right, but not always. (laughs) Uh, What I love about it, you know, obviously it's a thousand years in the future, but how accessible space travel is. You know, they have a delivery to some system way off in the galaxy, and they just get in their ship, the top of the building opens, it tilts back, and, like, they just... As quick as they shoot off, they're already off the Earth. Like, Mm -hmm. just that quickly, they're in space. And... um, Absolutely love that. But um, what makes that show perfect for me? I mean, just in, it's perfect in itself. Every episode, every season is so good. But when they ended it the way they ended it, by making um, the entire series like a time loop, you know what I mean? Did you watch yeah. the last episode? I don't know if I did or not. 
It sounds familiar. I might have caught it in a rerun and didn't realize it was a season finale or series finale. They got caught, like, Leela and Fry got uh, stuck in this never-ending kind of time loop thing where if they were to snap it, Fry would die somehow. It's hard to explain. I'm not going to explain the whole thing, but um, essentially they made it where they could start their whole journey together over. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Like, they had lived old together. I, I'm butchering this. <laughs> They had lived old together, then at the end they decided to start somehow time over and the, the whole series starts over again from when they hadn't met. You know what I mean? It something to do with a a cave and stalactites that said something. That might have been a different episode. That was a different episode. Okay. I know exactly All what right. you're saying, though. I remember <clears throat> that episode was good, too. Yeah. <laughs> it was like Fry was back in time. In that episode, Fry got sent back in time somehow, and he was able to write... A message to Leela to Leela in the that future was for him to show up on the on ceiling of this cave, and yeah. when he wrote it over all the many and many years and decades, like stalactites had formed, where like he had made those letters. Yeah. So like this whole letter was written in stalactites in this cave. It was so fucking cool. Why he stood her up or something like that? Because why he mad. couldn't make it to dinner because yeah. he was stuck back in time. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I love that. Futurama is one of those shows that I never, I never like watch the whole thing, but if it's on, I'll just, I'll watch it because it's, it's a good show. But I've never really went the, the distance with it, you know. Yeah, I mean, it's not a commitment like The Simpsons. I mean, Christ, they don't, they've only had what, maybe four or five seasons. I think Futurama did. Oh, uh, that's not true. They came back after their hiatus and had more after that. But yeah, they came back to what Comedy Central or something like that. They did. I wondered about that because when when uh, when Disney acquired 20th Century Fox and The Simpsons start appearing on um, Disney Plus, I thought, well, where the hell's Futurama? And I hmm. thought, well, Comedy Central must own them, or were they just syndicating them? I don't know if they took the rights over to it, or I don't know. I don't know because that's I think what Time Warner. You would certainly think though that if Disney did have it, it would be on there. Yeah. Right, because I would think so. Yeah, I don't have an answer to that question. I would say Futurama is a little bit edgy, edgier than The Simpsons, wouldn't you? Oh, oh yeah, no doubt. Yeah. Oh, you think maybe like maybe they have it, but maybe it's too edgy, like in Disney's eyes, to be on there. Maybe they're making it very, very kid oriented. Mm. That could be. They, I, maybe I don't know. I don't have the answer for you. But what's that mean for Futurama? Well, that'd be like Family Guy. It was on Fox. And Disney has nothing to do with Family Guy. That's you know true. what space you know what space show I haven't seen, but I'm interested in it, and maybe some of you have seen it is the Oroville. I've seen like the when the pilot episode came out. It uh, it's tough because some show episodes are good and other ones are kind of annoying, I guess. But if you're a Star Trek fan, like a big Star Trek fan, it'll probably be right up your alley because it it is very Star Trek. Yeah, everybody that I've talked to says, oh, it's such a great show, or big fucking Trekkies. It makes sense. I not that there's not, anything wrong with that. I mean, it, it was a, a good show. I'm not a huge Star Trek guy, but I, I loved Galaxy Quest, and that's a complete Star mm. Trek right? Yeah. Galaxy Quest is better than the Orville. <laughs> Galaxy Quest is kind of like the, I always felt kind of like a modernized Three Amigos. You know what I mean? Like these <laughs> these people who were just acting, playing these roles, and then got pulled into the real thing. Yeah, you know what I mean? I see, yeah, I see where you're going. Oh. But uh, that was such a good movie. Both of them, Three Amigos and Galaxy <laughs> Quest. I love them both. 
The Orville, it, it doesn't have a lot of bust your gut laughing moments, like kind of like Family Guy was, and you probably kind of expect that at first. I don't remember a whole lot about it. Again, I haven't seen it since it like uh, premiered. Mm-hmm. And I, it's uh, it's a whole bunch of inside joke comedy. Kind of, like, or just real quick kinda, stuff. It, it's it's wink, more smart wink, comedy, wink, I comedy. guess. It's not bad, though. I think they're supposed to be coming out with the third season. I'm not sure, though. I couldn't tell you. You're looking at the wrong guy. I don't have mm-hmm. TV. I've just got, like, Netflix, Amazon, <laughs> Hulu, and Disney. That's all I've got right That's now. That's all I got HBO, but I barely watch it. I'm thinking about getting HBO. I want to catch up on Curb Your Enthusiasm. Mm, yeah. God, I love that show. Yeah, it's grown on me so much after never watching any of it. Well, that's they got. They just came out with a new one on HBO. They just came out with the new Dune. That's another space space uh, extravaganza. Yep. Uh, you say a new Dune movie? Yeah. Yeah, the new Dune movie. Is that the oh, one? Oh yeah, with, I... um, Mary Jane from the Spider-Man film Zendaya. Oh, yeah. yeah. Zendaya. Zen... Yeah. Yeah. What? However you say it, I, I know yeah. I put I say it with letters in the wrong order just because it works why don't you way. why don't you use Zenyatta. a last name why don't you like use a fucking last name like why just send <laughs> isn't that her last name what that's it that's her first name is it really yeah what's her last name just be quiet <laughs> that's, <laughs> that's it <laughs> jones <laughs> something easy smith yeah. <laughs> <laughs> all right uh let's see where are we at here uh, we got time for a couple more randy what do you got uh, so I'm going to take a series that basically combines Futurama, Drawn Together, and shit, I don't know, Bump in the Night, uh, which would be trip, Tripping the Rift. It was a CG uh, sp- space show that oh was God. basically just all like sex jokes and yep. just total debauchery. Um, tripping the Rift? Yeah, I vaguely yeah. I've got the DVD somewhere. What? Yeah. The, uh, what? All kinds of Some, shit. This, this thing exists? <laughs> I have no idea what it is. The uh the main character is like a purple octopus guy. The uh one of the robot androids is like a very skimpily dressed uh Jessica Rabbit clone almost. Uh-huh. Um you've got like a stoner lizard and then the the main big bad guy is called Darth Bobo and he is like a clown version of uh Darth Vader. It's uh it's a fun watch. I mean, it's very much in a the vein of Futurama or South Park or Simpsons. Yeah, it was um, on Comedy Central, with, wasn't it? I think so. Yeah, I think it only ran for a few seasons, but yeah, uh, yeah it's it, for prepubescent teenagers. It was the shit. <laughs> I have never heard of this. I'm looking at images of it. Holy, it'd probably cow. be a rough watch now just because of the the CG. Yeah, I, I totally oh, remember. Sure. I don't remember much of it, but I do remember it. Mm. Oh, there's a few things you'd remember from it. <laughs> <laughs> I'll have to bring. I'll have to find that DVD and bring it over, because I don't think it's on TV anywhere. It, I think it said Amazon Prime on there. Oh, did it? I think it did. It was actually streaming on Netflix, which is how I watched it, like way back in the day. <laughs> back when Netflix was just just like B movies and stand up comedy. When, you still when they were CDs. still doing DVDs. <laughs> <laughs> Before it was just nothing but a streaming platform yeah. of fucking shitty ass crew, true crime documentaries. <laughs> Ooh, speaking of which, did you see they're putting out a season two of uh, Tiger King? Yes, I saw the cover art the other day and thought, how in the hell are they going to. Uh, well, I gotta they, well, admit something, Jack. To, to keep with our theme, it's actually Tiger King 2. Tiger King goes to space. 
<laughs> now I would pay some money to see that. I actually watched Tiger King. I broke did down. You? I did. Oh man, it's some interesting shit. I the can't. way these people live, and I'm kind of excited for the next season, man. It's yeah, me, it's me too. absolutely nuts. God, absolutely nuts. Like you can't ever like fully wrap your head around what the hell's going on, and it's all true shit, you know. <laughs> Wow, but uh, it's like seeing a Facebook meme every once in a while saying, "I bet you can't say you didn't see Tiger King." <laughs> I'm always the first one. <laughs> yep, I was on that list, but I yeah, I got so bored the other day. I was like, oh, I need something to do. What the fuck? I'll watch it, and I got hooked. Man, <laughs> it was it was interesting. Just the way it's, uh, I don't know. It's it, a, it's a train wreck in slow motion. <laughs> just it's just <laughs> crazy. The kind of people one that can get power you know under their belt of some kind and two the people that come out of the woodwork and come uh, sniffing around when they do you know what i mean and then how crazy it just makes a person to have notoriety of any kind like, it's just nuts uh, check it out <laughs> i don't know maybe i'll watch the first one <laughs> Uh, you watch the alternate... first one you're watching all uh, of them probably you're That's watching all happens. of them yeah. Yeah. maybe I'll watch the it, last and one and season two is like a week out so come on you gotta get on board How he's in jail still right yeah but there, there was a lot of unanswered uh, there's a lot of shady motherfuckers in this ring dude and like yeah he's in jail but there's a lot of other people that should be too <laughs> <laughs> seemingly so anyway no more tiger fucking king tangent. Sorry, that was my fault. <laughs> Didn't oh. go to the Star Wars rabbit hole. We went to the Tiger King rabbit hole. Which would you have? What would you rather have right now? Uh, Star Wars. Yeah. I'm yeah. gonna I'm gonna I'm gonna cheat a little. I'm gonna I'm gonna bring one up that obviously is is a Star Wars esque thing, but how, we can't do this without mentioning Spaceballs. Oh yeah. Yeah. I'll take that. Mm-hmm. Hey. That's not just Star Wars, though. I mean, you've got some alien references in there. You've got Wizard of Oz. Hello, my baby. Hello, my honey. <laughs> God, that was funny. Check, please. I showed it to my. I showed it to my kids. They loved it. It's definitely. A, it's definitely one of those classic movies that withstands the test of time, from generation to generation. It's so freaking good. I want to watch it again. Every time I uh, sit down to rewatch it, it's like. I get through the first half an hour and I either like fall asleep or get preoccupied. And I ended up just watching that first half hour like over and over and over <laughs> so from many all times. my attempts. And it's like, eh, I just need to skip about halfway through it next time. Yeah, maybe. Start, in the, start at chapter, well, not like it's a DVD. Just yeah, zip through about halfway through and stuff. Yeah, I think I have it on DVD. I don't know. Pretty sure I do. All right. Uh, any other picks we need to get off our chest before we move on? I just got to throw one out that I'm sure the majority of the population, it's a space game, has actually played for at least five minutes in their life, which would be Space Cadet 3D Pinball on any Windows platform. Oh, okay. There you go. It's right up there with Solitaire and, and Minesweeper. Minesweeper. <laughs> oh, yeah. <laughs> it's no Halo. Yeah. No. It, it <laughs> That's what I thought he was going to say. Oh, we even we even really go down the the video game rabbit hole. There's so many of those. Oh, they love they love the milk space. Oh mm-hmm. my god, they do. They really do. And I was that was one on my list. I'm not going to get into it, but yeah, Halo. Um, Halo I, one through Halo four. I wasn't big on 
four, but it concluded the the, the Cortana story yeah. so beautifully. So, <laughs> and they're still going, uh, no matter how tacky it's milking seems, that one as much as they can. Well, three four three got to get their fucking money yeah. back from their investment. You know, <laughs> just open up a Master Chief theme park or something. There you, you know. go. <laughs> All right, we're going to jump to a quick commercial break, and when we come back, we're going to be talking with Frank about Grim Space. So stick around. This is Alex Hasty, the host of Ohio vs. the World, an American history podcast. On Ohio vs. the World, we'll travel back in time with the authors, historians, and even witnesses to visit the most exciting, consequential, and too often overlooked topics that have shaped America's history. There seems to be an Ohio connection to so many important moments. When you said uh, Ohio versus the world, we did some damage. So join us and we'll take a deep dive to enlighten, educate, and entertain you as Ohio vs. the world makes history fun again. All right, we are back from commercial and here again with comic creator Frank Martin. Frank, thanks again for being here, man. Hope you're having a good time. I am. I am. I'm glad we didn't bring up Sequest at all. (laughs) (laughs) You know, it's funny. I almost, uh, when we were trying to think of a retro, I was like, hey, how about Adventures at Sea? I was like, ah, no, I think we've already kind of touched on that. (laughs) Yeah, with him. Yeah. (laughs) But no, it's awesome to have you here, and it's awesome to uh, see this Kickstarter for this new comic because it was such a cool idea, I think. And just to refresh our listeners, uh, it's a sci-fi reimagining of classic fairy tales. So we're talking like uh, Jack and the Beanstalk. I would imagine maybe down the road like Hansel and Gretel, that kind of stuff. Can you tell us how this came to be, Frank? I was coming up with ideas and... I wanted to do reimagining of fairy tales. Mm-hmm. <laughs> there was there's no big eureka moment or big origin story. It was just I needed uh, my partner in crime, Dan Scalisi. We've done a whole bunch of of shorts. He's probably the one artist that I've worked on on multiple times. Usually, I'm a little cr- uh, creator slut, and I move back and forth between artists and art teams. But with him, I, I've I've stuck with him through antholo- through anthologies. And we wanted to do a longer project. And I just was kind of shooting to shit, coming up with different things. And I love reimagining, you know, taking established stories and characters that people know and just twisting them and putting my own spin on them. I do that with tons of different other stuff. And this kind of seemed like a no-brainer to to really do something spacey and sci-fi because I really I haven't done that yet. I haven't put out a comic or a novel that really deals in that aspect. And here we are. Yeah, awesome. I, I got to check out the uh, preview that you sent us, and I absolutely love uh, what we were seeing. You know, again, this issue one, and I hope I'm not saying too much, but this first issue is supposed to be a uh, retelling of Jack and the Beanstalk, correct? No, you're not retelling. That's essentially the pitch. <laughs> okay, we're good. <laughs> okay. <laughs> but uh, some of the things I read in there, uh, which I won't uh, divulge, were just very clever, very well written. And I guess, I mean, you said this is something you always wanted to do. You just got the people to do it. Why Why is it something you always wanted to do? Like, were these stories, like, meaningful to you as a child? Like, what was the, what was the fuel for the fire? I mean, it's not really fairy tales specifically it's kind of just everything in general that's kind of i mean as comic book writers that's really what we're doing right is if, if you if you look at like marvel and dc people are taking characters like 
Spider-Man, Batman, and then sometimes they do what-ifs or alternate reality versions of them, and it's basically the same thing. We're taking tropes and themes and story arcs that an audience is familiar with, and you're just kind of putting in a blender and you're spinning it around and you're spitting out something else, which is really what comic book writing is all about. So I just took it with a, uh, I went more basic than, than most by taking out the fairy tales. And this isn't really like an original thing either. We see stuff like the show Grimm and you see fables, the comic. So plenty of people love putting new spins on fairy tales. I was just, decided to do it in a, a kind of a star wars vibe so is being so many different fairy tales and stuff like that are you going to keep the same main characters or are you going to like switch it up for for tale or so this is getting a little ahead of myself but the answer to that is both okay so my i plan on with my series modern testament which was uh kind of the same thing where it's taking old biblical characters and putting new spin on them all of those are standalone they don't connect at all grim space is going to be interconnected so i am working with dan Scalisi, who did um this one issue we're going to follow this crew as their story continues in a mini series that's going to come next but before that i'm working on a, a spin-off from this issue where i do take a character from this particular issue and he goes on his own adventure and that would be essentially another one shot so so yeah both i'm gonna continue going other directions where we meet new characters and but i'm also going to follow the the story of this crew which is the crew of the ship that i've titled the beanstalk so um the answer is both awesome i, I love shared universes and universe building like that that's awesome yeah absolutely that's that was cool. kind of the plan with this one book is that i pepper a whole bunch of easter eggs in there a little little story threads that in that i can go back to and pull on in order to write subsequent issues and you know you are right uh you said earlier you know well, i'm not the first one to do this and i i can think of other retellings of a lot of these classic stories but i can't think of a one of them that's done them like you have i've never seen a retelling of jack and the beanstalk in space you know what i mean <laughs> it's it's a, it's an original retelling um at least from my perspective maybe i'm wrong maybe it's something like this has been done but i haven't seen it well that's the weird thing about being a writer is that there's no original ideas anymore everybody's just recycling our own content it's just how much are you gonna are you gonna recycle it and create something original like is it's kind of a weird concept you know everybody's working with the same base materials it's just whether or not we can build something that's unique enough to catch a reader's interest i i, I don't know i just guess in like the cases like the instances you kind of mentioned like the grimm's fairy tales and stuff like i've never watched them but i i'm pretty sure i'm correct in saying that they still base their story their retelling in the same kind of atmosphere you know, like a fairy tale setting. That's the thing. It's like stuff. either like a period type thing, or it's a right. fantasy setting. <clears throat> exactly. Or like that show, Once Upon a Time. Yeah. That was fairy tales, but that's more. That's like in today, nothing has gone outside in space, which is. The, I mean, like that's the big if thing, there wasn't the setup saying, "Hey, this is uh, retelling a Jack and the Beanstalk." I don't know that somebody. I mean, somebody might put that together, but it's like such its own unique kind of telling of it that it kind of. Uh, I don't know. Does that make sense? Mm -hmm. Yeah, I, I have no idea. That's a good 
that's a good test. I should find somebody and just say, here, read this. What do you think? And don't tell him anything about it and see if he puts two and two together. But well, I don't I, think being able to, to be being able to tell if it's Jack and the Beanstalk, you know, retelling determines the merit of this, the book or the story, yeah, it, because it doesn't matter. It doesn't matter. Everybody takes away something different. Yeah. Well, it, for me personally, I just love reading through the issue you sent us. Just all the other callbacks to other just kind of those subtle nods to other franchises and other mm-hmm. properties that, you know, if you have any interest in space sci-fi, you're going to pick up and it just, it's awesome. And it's gorgeous. Yeah. yeah it's very well done. <laughs> very well done. I, yeah, I'm a big, I'm a big sci-fi guy, sci-fi nerd. That was my, that was my home, the sci-fi section of Blockbuster, which I don't know if we talked about that before, but that's where they just throw everything that they can't categorize to something else. They just call it sci-fi. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so they, it's like you have you have critters and you have Godzilla in the in the sci-fi. <laughs> <laughs> That's awesome, man. Well, I'm excited to uh, see what happens. It looks like your Kickstarter's very well on its way. Uh, so I'm imagining you're not going to have much trouble in that uh, area. Sorry, Jack. Were you about to yawn, cough? I did. Okay. <laughs> I, I took care of it. Don't worry. <laughs> Move on. Um, so as far as people who hop on the Kickstarter and decide to back, what kind of rewards are they looking at? So I have the kind of standards things that I do for all my campaigns. I have a, a digital edition. Then there's the digital deluxe, which has uh, for process junkies, a whole bunch of behind the scenes stuff like script and concept drawings. I have my buddy Lane Thomas again, comes back and does a theme song that's available. I have two covers by the interior artist, uh, my partner in crime, Dan Scalisi. He has a standard, and then I have a variant available. And I also have something that's pretty cool that I'm, I'm making a limited number of copies for, which is it's a it's a, another variant, but it's a, it's a connecting cover. But it, instead of connecting side by side, it connects vertically. Oh, wow. Ooh. So it, this is, I'm having the bottom half of that connecting cover available. And the top half, I'm not even, it is, I haven't revealed what the top half is yet. And it's not going to be available yet. It's going to be available at a later date. So it's kind of like, uh, get the bottom half now and you'll have to wait and see what, when the top half becomes available and what it looks like. That's awesome, man. And I'm, I'm, I'm curious, I was going to ask this earlier and I totally forgot, uh, as far as, you know, you starting here with Jack and the Beanstalk, are you able to say, or do you even know what, uh, future, other tales you might uh, peek in on and rewrite. I'm gonna. Well, I'm gonna throw that back to you guys and see if you picked up on any of the the clues and hints of other characters. Because I I said the next one <laughs> yes. is gonna be a, the next one is gonna be a spinoff of a character that appeared in this book. So <gasps> let's see if you guys were um, astute readers. Can I just guess really quick? Can I say you, all, can, you can, can all guess? Is it P one? It is. Yes. Yeah, yes, yes, yes. I was telling Jack how much I dug that character name. As soon as uh, he said something about a character spinoff, I was like, I wonder if it's going to be him. Yeah, that was that, and that was such a clever name for a character, man. I loved that. So he, I'm um, actually, that's going to be a different artist. It's not going to be the same one. And I think we're going to colorize this book and, and re-release it in the future. And in that re-release, there will be a two-page epilogue that's going to be a a tie-in to the one-shot. 
the or the the follow up, I should say, the second issue that features him. So right. there's going to be a little a little after story, a short two page after story that leads into the next issue. So I'm I'm looking forward. I'm really looking forward to seeing how this series develops because everything so far I've done has been either a one shot or a standalone two parter. This is my first go at really blowing it up and making something bigger. I mean, yeah. for me, if I had to guess what the, the actual fairy tale would be, and I don't remember if it's a grim fairy tale, but the goose and the golden egg, I know that's a little on the nose, but... You know what? I was looking through various fairy tales. Golden eggs come up a lot. Do they? Okay. They do. The next one that follows the crew of the Beanstalk, which is going to be a miniseries, it is not going to be Goose and the Golden Egg. I might come back to that at some point, but it's actually going to be, what is it called? The Golden Feather, I think it's called. But it's a it's a not a well known fairy tale. I was I was talking to some people and they said before you do uh, a fairy tale that's not as well known, do stuff uh, that's a little bit more familiar with people so that you you build up their trust and they know what you're doing before you take them in a new direction that might be a little different. So uh, before I do that those three that three issue mini, I'm going to be doing these other one shots that might be a little bit more familiar to people. Gotcha. I'm very excited. I mean, based on this comic we've seen alone, uh, it had my attention. I was captivated. I'm not just saying that because we're talking highly about it or <laughs> I feel the need to kiss your ass, Frank. I feel like we're at a level uh, of friendship where I can be honest with you, and I'm, I'm being completely well, honest. I, I appreciate that, and you could do that while we're recording. As soon as you stop, you can tell me what you really think. <laughs> <laughs> hey, I guess the character, right? I mean, you that that shows mm -hmm. that I I was I was in there, right? I was I was in I had my hands in the mud. I was in there. Yeah, in the weeds. Trying there to we figure go. It out. In the weeds. In the weeds. But no, what a great character, and I can't wait to see that in itself. But for. People who, again, are curious about this and would like to uh, possibly back it, head to Kickstarter and, uh, again, search Grim Space. Again, running till November 19th. You can check out Frank at frankthewriter.com and on social media at frankthewriter. Where else should we be uh, directing people, Frank? I think you nailed it. I think after three or four times on the show, you, you basically my PR guy. <laughs> <laughs> I got it down, man. I got it down. <laughs> Well, Frank, I want to thank you so much for taking time to join us again, and uh, congratulations to you. It looks like you uh, you have a success on your hands. Thank you. I definitely appreciate it. I'm glad you liked it. Thanks again for being here, man. And Jack, what do we have on the website? Go to cannedairpodcast.com where you can listen to the show, see who's been on the show, see some videos we've done of the show, uh, buy some merch, become a patron, and you can also go to what this week's post and get a link to the kickstarter so you don't have to actually yeah. search kickstarter because yeah i know kickstarter is a pain to search for a title sometimes, sometimes it can be yeah. i i uh, google i think is more useful than actually searching it within kickstarter mm -hmm. but yeah jack's right you know everywhere we're going to be posting about this episode there's going to be a link to said kickstarter so uh facebook instagram twitter uh the post itself yada 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 there's gonna we're gonna make a link for it so check out uh, that there for sure. And don't forget to find us on Twitter at CandairPod and on Instagram at Can underscore Air. And you can find us on Patreon, people. Just head to CandairPodcast.com, just like Jack was saying. There's a button right there where you can, for a few dollars a month, get access to a whole bunch more content that you can be listening to in the downtime between the uh, once a week we post this episode, right? Mm -hmm. If you can't get enough, that's where you go to get more. 
And don't forget your mer- merchandise. Candor the face mask. Candor. <laughs> we don't have face masks. Do we not? No. We should get one, man. I think so. Yeah. In the, in the age can... of, of germs and pandemic, yeah. <laughs> Hell yeah. And flu season. I mean, yeah, come on. Man. What better yeah. place for people to wear us than right in the middle of their fucking face? Just a big old can right there. The right grill. in the middle of their grill. <laughs> right in the middle of their grill. So, all right. I think that's going to do it for this week. So, until next time, I am Jeremy Colley. I'm Jack Doherty. I'm Randy Hardenbrook. I'm Frank Martin. I nailed it that time, right? You yes. got yeah. it, brother. I didn't even have to tell you. <laughs> Thanks so much for listening, everyone, and be excellent to each other. break whoops help quickly walk back to the edge stop you'll break through the ice snow job grab this branch you should have been listening to canned air now we know and knowing is half the battle snow job how'd you get your name um gi joe remember that one time the turtles This has been a Canned Air production. Hi, this is comedian and writer, and let's be honest, I do a lot of things. This is Dean Archipotis, the host of Whiskey Business, the podcast not so much about whiskey as it is one with whiskey. Yes, we drink and talk about whiskey, but we do so much more with so many interesting people. For example, we talk to comedians like Greg Warren. You know, I don't want to brag, but let's just say I can walk into a Red Lobster and get whatever. You know, I think the pause right there is probably more important than the word. Amazing athletes like boxing champion Buster Douglas. When a fighter's down and he's looking for his mouthpiece instead of trying to get up. That's when I knew it was over. Yeah, yeah. right? And, yes, Bigfoot chasers. Do you believe in Bigfoot? And if so, does he really eat beef jerky? <laughs> the Bigfoot thing is people have seen these, and, and I've seen a lot of compelling evidence about it. It's Whiskey Business with Dino Chapotis. Join us for what we call a good conversation with a good pour. You really can't ask for much more than that, can you, people? Check us out at whiskeybusinesspod.com, a proud member of the Evergreen Podcast Network.